So my name is Aaron Bolds. I'm a senior resident uh, currently at Mount Sinai Hospital and will be starting as a sports medicine fellow at Georgia in July of this year. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Dr. Bowles, who this topic that we're going to talk about, needing more physicians in medicine you have heard me talk about it on here whether you're listening on iheart itunes our latest partner at ayv radio in freetown sierra leone you've heard me even talk to my wife about it when she was a what was she was she a rent no she was a resident or an intern but we keep talking about it and now that she's a big time attending we still talk about it because we need more black doctors folks so and nurses uh don't forget the nurses got to put some respect on their name so dr bolds thank you for coming on tell us um in, in this you know we need more black doctors what can we do to get them because sometimes they're going to point at us and say well everybody in america can become a doctor so what's the problem so yeah it's 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 a great question and the question is actually the same as the answer we need more black doctors in order to have more black doctors so i think as we get more matriculating into the professional schools and um, particularly getting involved in leadership, getting in those positions where they can reach back and lobby for another student to be able to have an opportunity to get into. I, I feel like those numbers are still going to be low because even if we increase the amount of black doctors, you know, somewhat, you know, because if you look at the data, it shows from the 70s, we're actually the numbers are going down. Uh, black men that are even applying to medical school. So even once we increase just the number of uh, black, not just men, but women and also nurses that are applying to these professional schools, it's going to be hard to increase actually matriculating on. So um, I think as we increase the amount of leadership that we have currently amongst black doctors, we'll be able to uh, simultaneously increase the number of students that get into medical school and go on to graduate. Well, let's talk about, you know, some of the things that you have seen. If you can pass, you know, all the classes and get all the extra prereqs after you get your bachelor's and maybe some people even master's and, and PhD I've, I've met. Shout out to you, Tom. You're, you're, you're great. You had your PhD and went into medical school. Um, what are some of the barriers that stop a black physician into getting in is it the pimping out of the physician is it the you know how you're treated and and just all the you know every doctor has to be roasted at some point what what is it i think no it, it starts you know at the ground really there's not enough getting and i think a, a large barrier to that is not being aware like i, I call it the lack of awareness factor because we're not really aware of the opportunities that are out there. Like people talk to me all the time about getting to say is, oh, it, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Or I'm, I don't want to take out all those loans. 
And so that's a barrier, not having the awareness that finances, you know, shouldn't play a role because you taking out a loan is yourself. And I'd rather take a loan out and invest in myself because that's going to incentivize me to study hard and make sure that I make good use of that money that, you know, was given to me to invest in myself and bet on. So, you know, that shouldn't be a barrier. And when you kind of break it down to them that way, uh, it kind of sheds some light and gives them insight into like, okay, you're right. Like, you know, I'd rather put my money on myself than anything else. So that's a barrier. Standardized exams are a huge barrier. So like the MCAT, MCAT, for instance, you know, a lot of times we don't have some of the the prep courses at a lot of the HBCUs now than it was when I was an undergrad. Uh, like I graduated from Bowie State and shout out to them because now when you go back there and you see like the science department and everything that they're doing, it's awesome. You know, they have a lot of those resources that we kind of had create ourselves back when I was an undergrad. And so helping prepare for that MCAT and those standardized exams is very important. It's not just about having a good GPA and doing, doing well on exam to exam, understanding those concepts and really being able to think conceptually when you take an exam so that you can apply that knowledge because they're going to ask questions in different ways. And if you just went through those four years, just kind of going test by test, you know, um, on the MCAT. And so that's, that becomes a barrier as well. You have students that come out with these really high GPAs, but their MCAT score is really low. And then um, a third, a third barrier, you know, amongst one is our, our CVs aren't, aren't complete enough. You know, you need to have volunteer experience on there, some type of research experience. We need the shadowing experience. So I think, you know, kind of, it goes back having people that can kind of show you, you know, what the, what the ropes are and kind of what that journey looks like and some of the things that you should be doing to make sure you're competitive. Okay. And I, and I just want to, I, I can hear the, the, the naysayers uh, say, well, you know, you, you have to go get all of that and you have to reach after all that, but there's a reason why, you know, people become what they see. And if you don't see a medical doctor and see what it takes, it, it can be more difficult, of course, not impossible. So what are some things that you are doing to help, you know, um, expose people to medicine? So I've been doing a lot of mentorship ever since really undergrad. You know, I've always tried to first lead by example and just try to ask to leave. And, and I, I feel like that has always rubbed off on people and my colleagues as well, you know, dating back to, like I said, undergrad, just in study groups and, and being able to I always felt like if I could teach other people, whatever topic it was, and that would just solidify for me in terms of being able to retain that information. So I've always tried to, you know, help people out and to really try to grasp the concepts that were important. And then being back to students who, you know, were interested, I would go into schools uh, joined a fraternity called Delta Mu Chi, which is a brotherhood uh, for minorities that are in the health professions, in, including pharmacy, dental, and med. To schools and elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. And, you know, we would wear our white coats and we would talk to the kids and the students about, you know, what it takes to, to get there and what that looks like. And, um, you know, then you'll add in people interested in learning more information about it and gaining mentors that way. And then also speaking on panels, you know, I spoke on panels at multiple national conferences, uh, multiple schools and 
how I got involved with the SWAG organization at Mount Sinai. And, you know, that organization led by Dr. Reginald Miller has been great. And they really use sports to bridge that with um, introducing minority students uh, to the health sciences. And, you know, a lot of the things that it takes to be a good athlete, which I played college basketball as well. So, you know, basketball is my first love. And a lot of the the skills that it that in a sport, you can apply that to, um, you know, medicine as well, or, or academics in general, you know, being a leader and being able to, you know, the hard work, the, be, the getting up early, putting the work in, being the first one there, last to leave, you know, being really a student of, of whatever it is that you're trying to learn. Um, those things, organization as well, I've been able to, you know, get some mentees that are currently playing sports and also trying to balance that with pursuing health sciences and becoming a physician. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you who are listening or, or, or those of you who actually watch on YouTube and you say, hey, what's up with the pause? Hey, Zoom sometimes is good to you. Sometimes it's not. We're going to work on that, but we can't control technology. But let's be thankful for technology because uh, 20 years ago, we could not have had this conversation like this to give you the game. Um, can you talk about the, the, the roasting. I want to go back to the pimping because I said pimping and somebody might be out there like thinking I'm, you know, Kellen got that ism in him. But I really want people to understand how you can on the spot be asked a question. You can be on the spot told you can't go home to you. Now, you might not have kids, but you, I'm, now I'm, I'm, I'm going through what my wife went through. You can't go home to your family because actually we need you and we don't know how long this is going to take. Are, are black people, the majority of us, even set up for this? Because we listen to the prank calls of Nephew Tommy. Even though they're fake, they're still good. We know how to react when somebody just pisses us off. So how do we come into medicine with a humble heart and understand that you're going to get roasted? Kind of like you probably did in, you know, college sports, you know, as a coming in or even high school sports for some of you guys who didn't make it to college. How do we deal with that, especially as so-called, you know, alpha males, uh, even alpha females who just don't take no mess? A, a large part of it is understanding what your mission is. You know, I went into medicine wanting to help people and, and while doing that, pursue something that I was passionate in. So for me, that's sports medicine and being able to bridge the two, I felt like was ideal. Like it wouldn't really feel like it's a job. That's a B was, I realized I'm in a field that's very underrepresented, right? So there's not a lot of people that look like me that are physicians. And so I wanted to have that responsibility of helping increase that. So I know that Wherever I go, I'm setting an example for others that may want to apply for that same position or that same hospital. So I have to make sure that I'm always carrying myself accordingly and always remembering that. Like when I post on social media, all that is can be a representation of the institution that I'm a part of. And if I blow that opportunity, then it makes it harder for the next person. So Keeping that in mind is 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 easier to think really before you react to some of the things that you may have to deal with in those situations. And, you know, depending on what rotation you're on, some people are a little more harsh than others. And, you know, I've had the situations where people, you know, are, can get disrespectful, but it's also about communicating 
um, to them in a respectful way and just saying, hey, you know, pull them to the side or ask for office hours or something and just say, hey, you know, I really didn't feel like that was respectful. And I feel like we should both give each other the same level of respect, no matter if I'm a student and you're already a doctor or whether I'm a resident and you're an attending, it should still be the same level of respect given because we're both human beings. We're both grown people, you know, so I've had to have that conversation a time or two uh, throughout my journey. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And things moving forward, we're always very, you know, cordial and respectful. Okay. I, I love that because, you know, you can hear that you really know what you want to do and not having a job. I think everybody wants to feel like I really have a purpose. One thing that you as a physician, every day you get to change a life. Uh, every day you get to save a life. How should, you know, people, if they say, you know what, uh -huh. it, so it sounds like there's a great purpose in this, but it's going to cost me a lot of money and a lot of time where my friends are going to be making six figures way before me. How can they get their mind around that? Because that stops a lot of people from getting into medicine. So they say. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great topic. Um, and like I said, it comes, it comes down to what your mission is. You know, for me, you, you, it back in traditionally, I'll say, yes, it, there was this, this stigma attached to like being a doctor and, you know, having all this money and, but things, but things have changed and you have to realize that medicine is a business. So unless you're a good businessman or good businesswoman, you're not going to make all this money that people think come with being a physician. So, you know, that's part of the reason why I ended up doing my MBA while I was in medical school. I did a dual degree because one of my mentors taught me the importance of realizing that medicine is a business. So if you want to maximize your potential as a physician, you have to know business. You have to know it. So, um, yeah, that can that can deter a lot of people from from that from that journey. But you also have to realize, like I had friends that came out of business school that were making a quarter million dollars a year. And but it's like the earning potential. It changes like being being a physician. Depending on what specialty you're in, you know, you're going to come out making more than what some of your colleagues are making. And they've already been in their industry for you know, four or five years, um, depending on how you play your card. So like I said, it, it really comes down to knowing that you have to be able to maximize your potential. And that's in any field. You know, some people do a lot of different things thinking that a lot of this money is coming with that. But even if you look at everyone who has that same profession, people are making up here and people are making down here and people are making in the middle. So what's what's the difference between us doing the same job, but you making more than me? Right. So it's the same thing with with uh, with medicine. Real talk. And if you guys, there's nothing like medicine. Picking your specialty is crucial for your you know, lifestyle and your peace of mind. I'm a brag on my wife. She recently works, you know, from home now, 17 weeks out of the year and can always choose to do more. And so now she can focus on her, you know, other purposes and passions and business. Because you guys, if you don't know, every doctor wants to be either a pilot or a business person, an entrepreneur. I had to talk to Dr. Bowles quickly about that before the interview. Let me ask you this, because I want to um, take some, um, some nonsense out of people's vocabulary. And I want to clarify some things, especially for like my nephew Daniel out there. Check this out, Daniel. This one is for you. 
People who can do the sciences, do the maths, deal with everything that you have to deal with, can you talk to them the difference between becoming a physician and then saying, oh, you know what, maybe med school is not for me. I just want to get into sports medicine. Or I've even heard, you know, people who are CNAs and my wife started as a CNA, right? So she has a program for that, um, who they say, oh, I'm in medicine. And it's like, oh, what are you, what, what med school or whatever? And they say, I'm a CNA or I'm an LPN, right? It's like, our, black folks are quick to tell you that. Um, but I want to get into sports medicine. Daniel, again, this is for you. Can you talk about the difference of your salary, your purpose, and just the work? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, sports medicine, it sounds great, but that's not easy to get into. Even as a physician, there's only so many leagues if you want to be hired by a professional team, if that's what you want to do, who can hire you? Only so many athletes. Can you talk about that journey? Because a lot of us are lost. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, like you said, sports medicine, you can get into that. You know, that's a broad term. So there, that could be you could be an athletic trainer and be in sports medicine. You know, you could be um someone that's a, that's a physician that went either through the family medicine route, the internal medicine route, the uh, physical medicine and rehab or PM&R route, which is the, the route that I went, or the emergency medicine route. All of those, you can do all those different specialties and still go into sports medicine through a fellowship. Uh, so it's a very broad term, but ultimately, you know, if you're a physician and you're in sports medicine, you had to do everything that a surgeon would do in terms of that background information. You had to go to med school. You had to do a residency and something that was accredited. You had to take a board exam. You had to match into a fellowship for sports medicine and then complete the fellowship and then take the and pass the board exams for that fellowship. You know, so there's a lot of different steps. And uh, ultimately, you have you know, you have the final say, you're not just covering sporting issues, but if athletes have any type of medical condition, oftentimes you're the, the liaison between them and seeing the, them seeing the right person or being referred to the proper specialty if it's not something that is really within your expertise, you know, so it's, it's a lot more than just like, you know, taping ankles and um, just hanging out on the field with the players or on the court with the players, you know. A lot goes into that. And and oftentimes, you know, the athletic trainers, you know, they have a lot more knowledge when it comes to the actual hands on things that are required, you know, during a sporting event. Because, you know, like I said, to be a sports medicine physician, you have to go through the medical school and the residency. So you're spending all of those years learning you know, different things. It's not on the field type of knowledge that you're learning. You get most of that through you volunteering, through sporting events and activities, you know, or doing a fellowship where you'll get that um, opportunity. So, and then you have to realize, you know, sports medicine, if you're covering like a professional team, you're pretty much on call all the time. You know, anything happens, those athletes are going to want to reach out to you and you need to be available for them. So, you know, I've spoke on my journey trying to really figure out which route I wanted to go, even within sports medicine, I've, I've spoke to a lot of sports medicine doctors who are professional, um, you know, they cover professional teams, whether it be football, basketball or baseball. And 
there's like even when you're on vacation there's no real vacation like you're still getting calls you're still having to make calls and it's it's you know something that it may sound like a, a like a glamours and, and glitz type of thing but a lot more does come with it i i love that you put it out there because i'm also a new sports agent since the laws have changed and there's many different type of agents <laughs> that can represent you and and so you know if you're looking for an agent to buy you a car and your mama a house i'm not your agent we're here to make sure you don't retire broke and and work with you through that so i, I love that you put that out there now being a physician i know that my next question is your whole journey because it's never about the money there's not enough money to pay you for what you do in the future and the, the things that you sacrificed but can you can you talk about a community give back and you've mentioned you know some of it but i got to know even more because my signature question a community give back that you were doing or that you would like to do in the future so i'm really big on health and fitness uh, during COVID, I started like my own like, health and fitness, um, like coach health and fitness coaching business where I'm taking at this point, I've had well over like 100 clients, essentially putting together personalized nutrition and fitness plans for them that things you can do from home, you don't necessarily have to be at a gym, because obviously with COVID, a lot of the gyms were shut down. So, you know, a lot of people became sedentary. And I'm also a sports medicine doctor. So it's like it goes hand in hand with what I do and really what my mission is already. So I really want to make sure I'm building the awareness um, of what it really looks like to have a healthy lifestyle, like not going a fad diet for a couple of weeks so you look good before you go to the beach. Because when you get back, you're then going to retain all that weight that you had before you went if you don't have those healthy lifestyles really instilled in you. So, you know, I want to be able to put on um, community health fairs where we have people come in, instructors leading different types of exercises and routine. We have nutrition coaches there that are giving different lectures and giving out resources and information on how to eat properly, how to know understanding what a macro is and a micronutrient is and what that looks like. Some people think, oh, I need to take all these vitamins. And But if you eat a well-balanced diet, you get majority of the vitamins that you need just through what you eat. And so, you know, a lot of people think that it's very expensive to eat healthy as well. But if you cook a lot of most of your food, it's actually cheaper than eating out if you're eating unhealthy and eating out. So it's just building awareness is what it comes down to. And so I want to make sure that in my community, I'm always hosting events like that, that are really centered around uh, health and wellness and just overall lifestyle uh, and trying to make sure that, you know, we're uplifting our community and people are living longer. So we want them to have high quality of life. You know, and that goes right along with with what I do as a physician as well. Now, if anybody wants, you know, help, and I hope you have a system, if not, we'll talk about it off air where they can get help from you, but it'd be paid help to book you um, if they need, you know, if you even have time as a resident uh, to have a flashback real quick. Is there any help or any way that they can contact you and what is the best way and what do they need before they contact you? Because I don't want someone calling you saying, hey, you know what I'm saying? Being a doctor, you feel me, is something that I'm trying to do. No, I want you to articulate and say, yeah. hey, Dr. Bowles, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm at. But what do they need? What's your requirements and your system for that? I make it super, I make it super easy. So I have a questionnaire that's that's created that 
I'll get all your demographics, height, weight, age, gender, all of that. So I can calculate your, your caloric intake macros and everything. Also questions asked on there centered around types of foods that you typically eat, what you don't like to eat, any allergies, any pre-morbid conditions that you may have that may prevent you from doing certain things. So say you have, you know, a herniated disc that happened a couple years ago, you know, I want to know that so that I can put together the exercises that, you know, would be uh, appropriate for you to do. You know, if you're on certain medications that, you know, I would need to know about all those questions are built into the questionnaire. And I take all that information to be able to personalize the plans. Um, so yeah, all you really need is just commitment, be ready to be, you know, motivated. Um, I do accountability is big for me. So part of the program is also, you know, keeping in contact with you. And, and that looks different for everybody. I have clients that are bodybuilders and they want to go completely natural and just cut up. And they already came in knowing what it's like to lift, knowing if I say, okay, do an Arnold press, they know what that looks like. But then I have people that were in their seventies that just want to be able to continue to play tennis and play golf and stay active. So their plans, you know, that looks different for them in terms of the types of exercises. So, you know, the accountability, how often that will check in is, uh, it kind of varies from client to client, but that is a large portion of it as well. Uh, and the best way I can give my email as well as my Instagram, most of my clients, uh, you can also see some of the before and afters of clients that I have. And I'll also post workouts and, and stuff, a lot of resistant band workouts, uh, on my Instagram as well for people to have access to. Awesome. Awesome. And links will be in the description folks. So you can click on that stuff easily. Dr. Bowles is, you know, he went to Howard, uh, you know, for medical school, which Howard Morehouse and what is it? Mahari. Yeah, yeah, they produce the most black doctors. So whatever they're doing, we need to make sure we support them in kind and in cash. It never hurts. It never hurts. And to invest in programs like Dr. Bolts, because I know our mentoring program, you know, it, it, it's changed lives. And my wife is like, this is what I have to do. This is my life's yeah. work. So it, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And, and I got to connect y'all too, just so you Definitely. we all know each other. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like imagine, imagine if you knew everything, like if someone was telling, like I tell my little brother, man, I wish I had a me when I was you, you yeah. know? Because someone that's just telling them like, this is all the things that you got to do. This is the internships that you can do. They'll pay you to go to these internships and you get to put it on your CV and present that, that poster that you presented at a conference. And, and you know what I mean? You got to have business cards. Like you got to be on point. You know, I didn't have anybody really telling me those things because the people around me didn't know. So it comes back to that lack of awareness. Right. So being able to to give that back is is what it's about. So I love connecting with other people that are doing that as well. You know, that's definitely uh, a huge priority of mine. C connection is key. And we know that, you know, if you have a black doctor, you're going to get um, better treatment. Let me ask you, knowing other doctors um, are because this scares some some women. They say, if I'm a doctor, I'm going to be single. Do you have a family yet? Or are you single? I'm single. I have I have kids, though. Actually, I had to have twin daughters that just turned 16. So we're searching car searching right now. And I have a son that's seven. So but uh, but I, I am single. But, you know, I do definitely have a family. OK, he's he's single. So it, it's up. Yeah. 
it's possible. And most of my colleagues are, are either married or, you know, have kids. So it's, it's definitely possible. Okay. Cause that's, that's, that scares, that scares some people and it doesn't, it doesn't have to, you know, be like that. Let me ask you, how cool would this be? And for my number one fan, um, and I'm going to even do my own little, um, thing on the back end with a friend who I know knows uh Mayweather your your clone um your 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 older clone how cool would it be Mayweather if you had a doctor who favored you and you came in and said this is my doctor I'm gonna put that out there you know I know you're taller than him because you played basketball but uh <laughs> but yeah so May, no. hey, Mayweather Mayweather got the full beard and the and the fade now oh. I don't know you haven't he seen Mayweather no I just he grew hair Man, go check out, look up his pictures, man. He didn't, hey, <laughs> he got, he went and got right. He got the full, the full here, all that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I did. I gotta go check that out. Um, but that would be so cool, Uncle Al. Maybe you could make that happen, right? Um, since you won't do an interview, but um, you make billionaires, you don't talk about it. But I thank you for coming on again. Let the people know, um, where they can reach you and any last words you'd like to say to the people. That and you know, I just, I tell everyone, make sure you're taking care of yourself. You know, make sure you have a, a routine, make sure you're getting up early, you know, start your day early, man. It makes a world of difference. Get getting up, getting your day going, some good breakfast, a smoothie, some exercise, clear your mind early, you know, and, and just make sure you have a system and stay committed to it and it'll rub off on other things that are going on in your life when you're consistent in certain things so you know i, I just want to end with that and thank you for having me here today and you know you can reach me I, we can put the instagram and email in the in the um information part correct or should it oh yeah yeah definitely definitely give the instagram again it's call me dot 31 so c-a-l-l-m-e-d-o-c 31. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys have been blessed by the game, no matter where you're listening to. If you are listening from abroad and you're in one of the 54 countries in Africa, um, you know, saying you want to be a doctor or working towards that easiest way to fall bush. If you decide you want to come over here for some time and years and really get the game, get the money, get the Naira, get the shillings, get the Rand, get the Quacha, get it all of it, you know, all over over Africa, you guys have been blessed with the game. Make sure you share this with somebody. It will change their life. Be blessed. Are you tired of the violence? Tired of the injustice? Police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? Or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. DiversifiedGame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, aka the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. 
Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifygame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.